And we are live for the 11th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight I am joined by my loyal co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, tough night, man. We're, we're hanging. We're here to uh, break it all down. Yeah. Um, happy Easter to everyone. Happy Passover. Hope you had a nice day with your families, uh, eating a lot of food. Um, it wasn't a nice day in Toronto um, for the Yankees, for anybody associated with the Yankees. And, you know, let's just let's just get right into that. Uh, being very a very good start to the series, uh, the first series of the year. Um, it's been a while since we won a series in Toronto. And it looked after you know, winning the first two games, it looked like we were on our way to doing that. But, you know, we dropped the game Saturday. And then we have the game today on Sunday, April 1st. And it was a joke what happened because um, the Yankees were in control of the game, 4-1. to one, um, And the bullpen for the already the second time this year, lost the game, was responsible for the loss. Um, some questionable move by Aaron Boone. Uh, it, it's just so much to unpack. It's it's really very stressful. We're, we're a few hours off of it, but I'm just going to toss it over to Andrew. Andrew, what was your reaction to the ending of the game, the final game of the series today with Aaron Boone's decision-making? in that eighth inning. I, I mean, we'll, we'll dive more into what happened in, in the eighth inning uh, and the Robertson decision uh, to face Donaldson or, or face smoke. To me, it, it was a stressful game. The whole, you know, from the first pitch, uh, I, I know we got a nice four run inning. You had the, the DD double, uh, the Neil Walker single, and then the, the jury two run home run. But Sonny Gray struck out nine guys today, and it it was just agony. And this is what we talked about when we did his, his pinstripe preview earlier on in the offseason. It just seems like he he has good stuff. He pitches well, but the game is is agonizing. The guy threw four innings. He only got through four-plus innings, put nine guys on base. Yeah, he only allowed one run, but to tax the bullpen for five innings – we have the the bullpen depth to do it, but it's not a not a position you want to be in. Going to what happened in the eighth inning, I, I know Boone's going to catch a lot of heat for why did we walk Donaldson? It blew up in our face and smoke at the grand slam. I, let's let's be honest with it though. Robertson was off. I, I know he only had to get what he had to throw two pitches in the, the seventh to get that out, but. I mean, he was second and third with one out. Uh, he, he wasn't his usual sh sharp self. So, yeah, maybe facing Donaldson could have helped, you know, could have helped us wiggle out of that that situation. But I feel like as soon as, who is it, uh, Alemides Diaz hit the double to put him on second and third, like, I just, I, I knew. We were going down to, uh, my family was sitting down to, to eat at that point. So I kind of had to just track on my phone, but. I had already consented to the loss at that point. It just seemed like Robertson didn't have his A stuff. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna be frank with it. And I'm, I told myself I'm not gonna try to overreact, but that was an awful move by Boone to intentionally walk uh, Donaldson face smoke. And I know because what we heard after the game was, you know, Boone uh, like let Robertson make that call, and D. Rob said he'd rather pitch the smoke. First of all, that's BS. That's not the pitcher's call to say who he wants to pitch to. I'm sorry. That's the manager's call. So Boone got alpha by D-Rob right away. That's how I look at it. Second of all, how are you going to put a guy at the plate who hit a home run in his last at-bat? His last at-bat. It wasn't like earlier in the game. It was his last at-bat. The guy went deep. And you're putting him back on because what? D-Rob was 0 for 5. He was 0 for 5 against D-Rob in his career. Who gives a shit? Like, don't doesn't Boone see... Not for nothing. Doesn't Boone see what happened to the last guy? Doesn't he see why the last guy was uh, drawn out of town? I, I don't get it. I could not believe he put Donaldson on base. I, I literally could not believe. D-Rob did not have his good stuff. And you're going to put load the bases? You're going to force him to throw strikes to a guy like Smoke? That was terrible. 
by Aaron Boone. And furthermore, on Saturday, I thought it was a terrible move to put Batantis back out for a second inning. Well, I'll tell you what, if you look at it, what happened on Saturday kind of played into today as well, because if Robertson didn't have his good stuff and maybe Dellen shows that he's reliable on Saturday, maybe you, you pull D-Rob, you say he's not going to get out of this inning. Let's bring in another reliever. Cause you can't put Chapman in that situation. Donaldson obviously hits really well against left-hand pitchers and smokes a switch hitter. So you don't have any uh, side advantage there. And Chapman didn't look great in his last performance on, on Friday. So he's not going to be expected to get four outs today. I don't love the decision. I, again, I, I think it goes back to the fact that Robertson kind of built that mess for himself. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think these are the, the learning pains that come with a, a, a rookie manager. And I don't love it. It's definitely on, on his shoulders, the losses yesterday and today. But these are the decisions that I mean, I'd rather him learn these lessons the first week of the season than struggle like Girardi did to you know, pull Clippard loss after loss after loss in May of last year. You know, these losses you can stomach in the first week of the season. You don't want this to be a repeating issue over and over again later in the year. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's it's really, it's game four, but I really, I just could not believe how terrible of a move it was to, like, I don't, I don't really believe in intentionally walking to begin with. Like certain situations where it's obvious, like if there's a guy like Judge who has like eight home runs in his past five games, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of situations where it's best that you intentionally walk him, but in most situations, you never walk the bases loaded though, because exactly. it was a you three. Don't walk the bases lo- you don't put, look, do you not trust D Rob to face Donaldson? Hey, maybe D Rob throws some junk and Donaldson swings and he's up 0-1. You say, Hey, let, let's pitch to him. If you get behind him 2-0, okay, fine. Put him on. You know, you don't want to pitch Donaldson 2-0 down in the count. I agree with that. But to not even let D Rob try to get Donaldson out. And I hate Donaldson's not the same hitter. He was a couple years ago. Still a great hitter. But, and he's injured. He's got a exactly. bum shoulder. I was about to say, he's definitely not 100%. I, I really, I just could not believe, like, to Look, you said it. D-Rob wasn't pitching well. You know, he gave up the, the hit in the gap, which if any other guy besides Russell Martin is running, it's a, it's a run. It's already a tie game. I think Kay was saying that, and he was absolutely right. Right. But, yeah, I mean, what, just to load the bases, to put D-Rob in a spot where you say, hey, D-Rob, you're facing a guy that hit a home run his last at-bat? And guess what? You can't walk him. You have to throw him strikes. And that that was just – it's really – it was an unfair situation to put D-Rob in. I'm not trying to, you know, stand up for D-Rob. He's a friggin' major league pitcher who should be a lot better than what he was today. But it's just not fair to put your uh, pitcher in that spot. And, like, because I'm seeing all, like, the numbers, you know. The, they, the two numbers they showed before smoke hit was that he was 0 for 5, I believe, in his career versus D-Rob with, like, four strikeouts. And I think he was, it said he only had one career grand slam and like a 120 career average with the bases loaded. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy better not be doing what I think he's doing. If that's why you wanted to intentionally walk him because he's a 120 career, he only has one career grand slam. Like I swear to, I said, oh my God, it, please don't be, please don't be Binder Boone. Like, please God, because that's what it really looked like today. But I this is swear. it. This is what we wanted. I mean, I know it is. You made a big deal about I mean, analytics. Watch the damn game, man. Like, watch the game in you front of you. Like, to. you got to watch. Like, it's not even watching the game in front of you. It's like you said. It's an unwritten rule of baseball. You do not walk the bases loaded under any circumstances. You, if it was a look, if it was a two-run game, then okay, maybe you say, all right. The uh, tying runners already on second doesn't make a difference whether we put a guy in first. That's the, the only situation you walk the bases game. loaded is if there's one out because then you, exactly. you set yourself up for a double play to get out of the inning. But with two outs, what is Donaldson going to do? Say the worst thing that happens in that situation is he hit the three on home run. What did we end up getting? Yeah, a grand say, slam. Even if yeah, even if he hits that three run homer, a six four deficit is a lot different than a seven four deficit. You know, especially yeah. with this Yankees lineup, like a bloop and a blast. A three run deficit almost takes the team out of it. And it was yeah, the, not, this is two nights in a row. They've they've given up the lead, or you know, you, you Toronto's see, taking taking the lead or come from behind in the bottom of the eighth inning. So the Yankees only got one chance yeah. to fight back and tie. You know, the reason I really don't like not that I don't care at all about Saturday, but the reason I'm really not mad about Saturday is look, the Yankees offense Saturday was Tyler Austin's two home runs. So whether Batantis would have, you know, given up 20 runs or shut it down there. 
there's no telling if the Yankees would have scored again in that game. So that's Saturday right. I'm really not too mad about. But today was a game that we under control. It's four to one. And you just can't have Canely and D-Rob giving up six runs, man. That's awful. Like that yeah. is just so bad. And look, it's like what I've said, no matter how good your bullpen is, you can have the best bullpen in the world. Don't rely on them too much. Don't like I've already seen Boone in the first couple days. I've already seen him go with two winning with got I've already seen him try to put guys in two winning roles too often. Like I don't think Patantis is a guy that should be going two innings. The only guy that probably should be going two innings is Chad Green. Because Chad Green was the only guy out of the bullpen, maybe besides Chapman, that looked really good this weekend. Or Adam Warren, but he he took the yeah, ball. Adam, Adam Warren, Adam Warren, but of his know, angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say that's why I forgot about him because he left the game after that uh, outing. But yeah, just just a really upsetting game. Um, you know, let's. Uh, you have anything more to say about it? Because I think we said what I need to say. I went on my little rant. Um, yeah, I, I was just I was just really upset about that today because it, it really there's just these these things you just don't do. You know, there's things that sometimes that you do that it's just not smart baseball it just doesn't take a genius to know that hey you don't walk the bases loaded to put a guy up that hit a home run in his last at bat yeah no i i definitely agree that that decision obviously came back to haunt us today but it all starts um with with sunny gray today and you had mentioned you can't keep putting relievers in multi-inning positions you can't rely on the bullpen too much if gray gives the yankees five and a third or six innings as opposed to four plus Mm-hmm. Now you're not stretching your guys more than one inning each. It's in a perfect situation. Gray goes, let's say five full innings. Then you have green six and seven. Robertson starts the eighth with a clean inning and doesn't have to warm up twice. And maybe things go differently there. And then you have Chapman in the ninth. I can't guarantee that even in that perfect situation, we would have held onto the lead, but I sure as hell think it would have turned out. It would have thought, I have to think that it would have thought up, uh, turned out better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's segue into uh, you know reviewing each starting pitcher's uh, performance from the weekend or yeah from the weekend because uh, pretty pretty good start like pretty good starting pitching. Uh, the starting pitching was the strong point. I believe the starters only gave up combined three earned runs over the weekend, and the bullpen gave up about a, a million. So the starters showed out this weekend, and yeah, well, you know the one guy that probably didn't is Sonny Gray, and we had some debate about this in the BBB chat, and not even in the BBB chat. I saw a lot of people on Twitter in general say, you know, tweet out that Sonny Gray very good start, and then the first reply would be like, "Good start? What the hell are you talking about? You know, four innings, ninety pitches." And look, I always say that the opening day, the guy's first start of the season, you almost have to like grade it on a curve because mm-hmm. they're going to be throwing 10, 15 pitches less than they normally do. So you have to consider that. However, as Stephen A. Smith would say, um, <laughs> even if it was just like a normal day, I mean, he still had 90 pitches in the fourth inning. Like he still wasn't making it past five innings. You know, you need more out of Sonny Gray. And this is this is just like this performance today, like this is what he kind of just was for the Yankees last year. He was a guy that showed great stuff, you know, showed that, he could strike what he strike eight guys out in four innings today. You know, it was just fanning guys left and right. But mm-hmm. that pitch count just climbs up. He walks too many guys. You know, I think. Well, I think I yeah. I went to go take a shower during the second inning, and I was just listening to the game on the radio, and it seemed like he gave up like two or three pitches in a row, on, or two or three hits in a row on first pitches, and he got bailed out by Judge making a great throw from right. There was two instances in the day where the Blue Jays probably should have had a run, but Russell Martin was running. Right. Like just think of that. Like they're like you know the Yankees got pretty fortunate there that probably the slowest guy on either team was running in two big spots there. But yeah, anyways, you know Sonny Gray probably was pretty fortunate to only uh, get out of there with one earned run. But yeah, man, he's got to be better. And this is why you know you hear people say like you know Sonny Gray he's going to be a you know dark horse Cy Young candidate. He's going to be the best pitcher on the staff. But he, he didn't pitches like today. this, he's got no yeah. chance. He didn't show that today, man. Like eight strikeouts is awesome, but he put 10 guys on base in four innings. Like that is awful. That's two and a half guys reaching base every inning. You cannot win in this league like that. And yeah, he only gave up one run, but if you continue to pitch like this event, I mean, let's pull up the, the blue Jays numbers with runners and scoring position today. I I don't think it was great. You had, uh, obviously the, the smoke home run, but 
I mean, do you have that handy? I'm trying to look at the box right now. I can't find no, it. No, no, I have the box score handy on I, I, Obviously, it couldn't have been all that great. There was the one hit with Russell Martin, nailed at the plate. But, I mean, a, a good team that, you know, is better situationally hitting, if Gray puts 10 guys on base again, he's going to give up four or five or six earned runs. And then we're talking about it, it's a disastrous performance. So you're, you know, one or two pitches away. And, yeah, he got out of it to his credit for the most part. But I come back to the fact that he was only able to go four innings. He taxed the bullpen for five innings. More than likely, something's going to go wrong. And today, something went wrong. Yeah, no, uh, and by the way, they were three for 11 today with runners in scoring position. So they left uh, nine runners on base. So, yeah, but, you know, that's a decent performance, but by no means uh, dominant. They left a lot of guys on base. Um, the Yankees were only one for five with runners in scoring position today. So not a lot. Imagine that, though, that they've only had five at bats. Mm-hmm. And I know Stroman's pitching, but he was also coming off a shoulder injury shoulder inflammation in spring training he was on a limited pitch count i think they only let him max out at like 85 i think that's actually what he threw but that was his cap and let, and, let me, and let me just uh almost compare like how era especially uh, early in the year can be deceiving stroman went five innings and let up four runs while gray went four innings and let up one run yet stroman only allowed three hits three walks and struck out eight while gray allowed seven hits walked three and struck out eight so, you know, right. despite Stroman giving right. up the four runs, you can almost argue that Stroman pitched was better today than Gray. Even One mistake to, to Brandon Jury, and mm-hmm. yeah, he had a really, really good start, especially after that, the, the four run, what was it, the third inning? I think he got his last six or eight guys out in a row to end his performance. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, Clip, uh, Clippard. I, I'm looking at Tyler Clipper because he got the friggin' win today. Yeah, oh, God, makes me so mad. That was another disappointing uh, factor of today's game. The fact that the Blue Jays bullpen, that's just so mundane, is so just not good to shut down the Yankees. And through two games, they had all appeared. So the Yankees had the last two yeah. days to see the same pitchers for a second and even, in some cases, third time, I believe, with, with Danny uh, uh, Barnes pitched three and three of the four games, right? Like, they've seen these guys, and they did nothing with them. Yeah, uh, the, I think we're going to get into this a little bit later, but the offense was definitely a little bit underwhelming to start the year, and especially when uh, usually it's the offense that's uh, that's hot to start the year, whereas pitching it takes a little time to pull in. But it was kind of the uh, opposite for the Yankees now. Saturday's game, the, the game that uh, Dylan Batances was responsible for the loss, uh, was, was started by CeCe Sabathia. And, and CeCe just – it was almost a vintage, like it was a vintage Sonny Gray start for him and his first start. And it was a vintage uh, CC start from 2017, his start today, or yesterday. You know, five innings, five hits, two runs, only one of them were earned, two walks, four strikeouts, and only 84 pitches. You know, he pitched, he didn't have his best stuff. He was, you know, leading some pitches up, but he pitched well. He got the job done. He put his team in a position to win, which is all what he did last year. So. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what do you think of the big man's first uh, start of the year? Similar to to Gray in a bit, where I almost felt like you're watching him, you look at the stats and you're like, oh, wow, only one and run, only a couple guys reaching base. But it just seemed like he was off. But it's, again, like you said, he didn't have his his best stuff. But, man, did he nibble and, and really work the corners, work the soft location. And, and to get through five innings and only allow – one earned, uh, and on the second run came in on uh, the Drury error, or the man reached base because of the error. But see, see he battled, and, and that's what he, what he's going to do. You know, he's a a wily vet at this point. He's not going to blow anyone away, as we've chronicled. But I, I love that he was able to stay in the game, not implode. And one interesting thing to to Aaron Boone's credit that I don't think Joe Girardi would have done last year is when CC put the guy on in the fifth inning, and he looked like he was at the end of his rope. Boone stuck with him, and CC got the inning-ending double play to complete the five innings, put himself in position to potentially get a win, uh, hold the Blue Jays to one run. That was huge, and I, I really appreciated Boone sticking with his veteran there and allowing CC to work out of the jam himself. Yeah, that was you know if we're gonna if I'm gonna diss Boone for his move, his terrible moves today, yeah, that was a great move by Boone to stick with CC there, you know. Uh... And it worked out for him, right? He gets the double play. But, yeah, CC, I really think that if he just – I mean, look, obviously if he only goes out and has one run over five innings all year. But, yeah, if he just pitches like that all year, just gives him five, six innings, 
keeps him in the game. But that's lit. That's all he did last year. It really is just nice to see him pick right back up where he left off. But, you know, I think you could argue between Seve and Tanaka, but I think Tanaka might have had the best start out of the four Yankee pitchers. I mean, after that home run he allowed early on, I mean, he was just shut down. I mean, what, he retired 13 straight guys at one point? I mean, there was a guy that, hey, if it wasn't opening day, you know he's going back out for that seventh inning because he only had, I think, 81 pitches. So he – Seventy nine cruise, yeah. He was just cruising along. Six innings, three hits, one run, no walks, eight strikeouts. Just that one home run. Yeah, you know Tanaka. I, I don't get. Let me just say something about Tanaka. I was a guy that was saying that the Yankees should shut him down last summer when he was giving up like two, three home runs every start. You know, and by shut down, I don't mean like you know out for the season. I just meant they should shut him down for like a month or just a certain time period because he was literally that bad. So mm-hmm. you know, let's just get that straight. But. This whole perception that so many Yankee fans just think Tanaka sucks, that he's just bad, just because the guy's not an ace. Like, look, just because we have some people have these expectations of him of being this ace and he's not quite that doesn't mean he sucks. The guy's a really good pitcher. If you look, he had a bad 2017. He had a 4.74 ERA. He was bad. His first three years were great. I mean, he was a great pitcher in those three years. And I mean, look, even last year, how many starts did he have where he was just unhittable, shut down? Four or five, right? So even if Tanaka is going to be a guy that has an ERA in the low fours, high threes, if he's giving you five, six, seven shutdown performances a year, I'll take that for my number two, three guy. Because mm-hmm. he, he he puts these out, it seems like, once a month. And it's just fun to watch, man, because I forget, I forget who said it on the uh, telecast, but Tanaka just has such amazing control and it gets him in trouble a lot because a lot of times he's too around the plate. I think in the game, I think, yeah, I think in the second game of his first start, I think he had like 33 strikes out of 42 pitches at one point, something like that. That's, that's almost too many strikes. You know, you don't want to be around the plate too much. You want to keep guys honest, but yeah, I mean, when he's just, when he's pitting his corners, when he's hitting his spots, cause he doesn't throw all that hard. He's fun to watch, man. So yeah, Andrew, uh, what did you? What was your favorite part of watching Tanaka's uh, opening day or his opening start? Yeah, I, I love how he was able to to battle back from the the, the three early hits and, and just dominate the rest of the way. To go along with what you're saying, how a lot of Yankee fans think that Tanaka sucks, you know, it, it, maybe it's just a New York thing. This is the only market I've ever experienced. But there's such a stigma of what have you done for me lately? And yet Tanaka was nails his first year before having the the UCL injury. Came back with strong 15s and 16s. Last year was what, third in the league in, in home runs allowed and a bloated ERA mixed in with a couple gems. He didn't have a good spring training either. And so to see him allowed, I think, two doubles and a solo home run in his first two or three innings pitched, I, at least me, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna own it, uh, I started rolling my eyes like, here we go again with Tanaka. <laughs> you had mentioned that he has really good control. He did not have good control over his splitter. He favored his slider a lot. On, on Friday night, it looked like he was leaving that, that pitch up. When he's at his best, I go back to that ALDS start against Cleveland, and he was just mm-hmm. burying that splitter in the dirt. It looks like it's yeah. eye high, and the next thing you know, it's bouncing in the dirt. Like, that is an unhittable pitch to hit. But when you can't locate it, when it doesn't have that much dive on it, it's a meatball. And I think that's where he was getting burned. So what I loved is that he was able to Understand that that wasn't going to be his out pitch today. He couldn't put away batters and two strike counts, and he went with a different pitch. The slider was effective, and he he absolutely dominated the second and third time through the through the the lineup for the Blue Jays. Gave yeah, the Yankees everything they needed, and if he's that even in the same league as that type of pitcher this season, the Yankees have a bona fide one two dual threat. You know, like. <laughs> like a hot knife through butter, those what you can get from from Tanaka and Severino. The only fear is, will he battle with the long ball? Will he battle with his control? But if not, I mean, Tanaka is primed. And I even wrote this when I wrote my bounce back candidates piece this year. <laughs> I wrote three guys: Tanaka, Batansis, and Bird. So Tanaka is the only the only prayer I have left in this right now. So I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I mean, like I don't have this off the top of my head, but. I mean, Batances is a guy that just usually doesn't give up home runs. And the fact that he's already given up two uh, uh, through two appearances, it's, just, it's really worrying, man. I know we love to talk about Katie Sharp on the show because she has unbelievable stats. Unbelievable I believe stats. I saw it yesterday. Dellen's 
second home run allowed in 2017 was in September. His second oh, yeah. home run allowed in 2018, March 31st. Yeah, I'm saying like it, he Dellen's the type of guy that usually just doesn't give up home runs. Like he usually gives up like a couple home runs a year, and that's it. And the fact that you know two appearances, two home runs, just <sighs> like because look, I said I think I said on this podcast before that I thought that like I said Dellen's gonna come, you know, he's gonna come out with the yips and. I could sit here and say, oh, I was right, but I wasn't right. He doesn't have the yips. He, he's throwing strikes. He, he just sucks now. Like, it's like there's a difference between the yips and then, oh, wow, he, he's given up a home run in each of his two appearances. Like, right. I would tell him, go back to just walking, throwing 11 straight balls, you know? Go back to just, oh, man. And not to get another Dellen ran here, but, yeah. Uh, the it's The worst part about Dellen is just when he's pitching bad and he's putting guys on, he literally can't hold guys on. Like he just does not know how to, he's almost like a John Lester. It's just unbelievable how. Well, well the difference is Lester doesn't care. Yeah. It's, that's Lester true. literally just, it, it, even though he's so a left different, It's so different. Like there are two, like, but like neither can hold guys on or like neither holds guys on. Right. But I feel like Dylan tries. And yeah. remember, they almost had a stolen base in the, the seventh inning. Remember he tried to get, uh, Boone tried to get two innings out of him yesterday. And Gary threw that missile down to second yeah. base. And I think it was Granderson running, right? And he threw yeah, him out. Like uh, it, it took a perfect throw to get out a, a speedy runner in Granderson. And if Gary can't be counted on to make that throw every single time. Mm -hmm. the, the worst thing was, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I know that he, Pilar is really good on the bases. He's got a lot of speed. And he just lives to wreak havoc. But when that he stole the straight seal home, Dylan like he just like fell off the plate and just spiked the ball into the dirt and went to the backstop. That was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. I, like I thankfully was just I didn't see that. I think I was like going to the fridge to get something, and I like just got back to my TV and like had no idea what happened. And then I just see the replay, and I almost I was like glad I missed that because I was like, oh my god, man! Like because I, I was you know the group chat just like going off, and everyone's like, oh my god, Dylan. I'm like, what did he do? Like, what did he do? He walked someone, he four straight ball. Oh, no, he literally, a guy just stole a hole on him. A guy, a guy just stole a hole home on him. And he literally spazzed out and threw it to the backstop. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. He's a mental midget. Like, like our yeah. good buddy Aaron likes to call him. He's a mental midget. And yeah, that I mean, it's got, it's, has, it has to change. It has to be mental. It has, uh, last postseason, it was official. I said, it's, there's no way that this guy who, and I know I always say this stat, but I can never remember the guys. It's like him, Kershaw, and someone else, the only guys that have made like the last four all-star teams as pitchers. Yet he just looks like he doesn't know how to pitch a lot of the time. It doesn't make sense. It's incredible because he could look like the best, like literally the bona fide best he has an reliever in Major League Baseball when he's on. He and then he can look like he did innings. yesterday. Like he's how many guys, how many pitchers have immaculate innings? Like he has one. <laughs> Yeah, all right. That was just last year, yeah. was it? Or two years ago? I don't. Know. I, I think it was last year. Um, but yeah, let's you know another thing to talk about because let's you know let's move on from the pitching. Uh, bottom line, let's wrap uh, to conclude. The bullpen was that might be the worst they look all year. The ho hopefully that's the worst they look all year because you know Canley and D Rob both and Canley, D Rob and Batantis are all they all need to do better. Uh, Batantis is a little bit more of a lost cause but Canley and D-Rob you got you guys gotta be better you know the St. Chicago St. Chicago anymore man you're playing for the Yankees but yeah let's talk about the offense because you know after that opening day where they had I believe you know six runs 11 hits and standing against the two homers it was a good performance but you know Friday through Sunday the offense was pretty underwhelming against mm -hmm. you know pretty uh unspectacular Blue Jays pitching you know Stroman's a great pitcher you know like I but I, I don't think he was at 100%, like we said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had, uh, yeah, Friday they had four runs on eight hits. Then Saturday they get, I believe, only four hits on – yeah, four hits, three runs. And then today, another five-hit performance, four runs. So just not a lot of hits to be going around. Uh, Gardner had a really bad opening series. Uh, he's hitting 118. Judge Look at struggling. Gary. What's, Gary's hitting 071. I think he has just a single the, yeah, the double on opening day. I think that's his yeah. only hit. Gary, Gary struggled. Uh, you know, Judge and uh like Judge struggled, but it's like what I always say about Judge. Like, eat, like 
even with the ju- judge looking so bad at times, eh, he was still hitting 200, you know, decent on base percentage. Still getting got his walks. Yeah, got his walk. Like, Hibbins, Stanton combined for five walks today. Like, the Yankees had six walks as a team. Judge and Stanton had five of them. So, you know, you know those guys, even if they're hitting, you know, they're struggling, they're going to be getting on. So, I, I don't worry about those two. But, yeah, Gary, you know, hitting below 100. Uh, you know, really, the only guy, the only guy that's at, well, it's too early to talk about batting average, I know. But the only guy that's hitting over 300 out of starters is none other than Brandon Drury, who <laughs> had a great opening weekend. And, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people on the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast and the Bronx Bomber Ball uh, blog in general did not like the Brandon Drury signing and did not, uh, were not fans of it. And, you know, I think I, I'll, I'll include myself in that. I wasn't, as big of a Brandon Drury detractor as some, but I definitely wasn't a fan of the move, but you know, he had a really good weekend. And look, we keep saying it's four games down, 158 to go. There's still so much season left, but yeah, great opening weekend for Drury. Uh, had the home run today. He had a lot, you know, he had the RBIs, I believe on Saturday. Great, great opening weekend for Drury. But yeah, who, uh, who either stood out or worried you in this Yankees lineup through the first four games? Uh, I'll, I'll give you one of each, uh, who, who actually released that as well is, is Didi. Uh, it seemed like mm-hmm. at least this, the last three games, I, he, he had what, four or five extra base hits this series. I was about to say, I think all, like, I feel like all of his hits so far are like extra base hits. Yeah. Didi is, is really seeing the ball well and you know, he's not going to have, you know, you're, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning on the home opener and see he's batting 350, 400. He's in 286, but he's getting good cuts and he's driving the ball, which is, is definitely a good sign. Uh, I think it was David Cohn said today on the broadcast. We, we don't even know if we've seen his peak yet. So, I mean, he's gotten better every single year since joining the Yankees. And it looks like he's on a trajectory to keep that going in 2018. Someone else who, you know, all, all that really didn't impress me that much. Unfortunately is, is Tyler Wade. He had the really, he had the, he had the big two on double. Yep. On Friday night, but he hasn't done anything else since. And I'm yep. begging for him to be a, a strong hitter. I, I was really pulling for him to be the starting second baseman out of the spring. He just – something looks off right now. And I don't know if it, he just needs some more seasoning, uh, maybe just more – just confidence in his swing, but he's struggling too. Yeah, and like the thing with Tyler Wade is like, you know, you don't want this to be the case, but it might turn out to be. You know, some guys have everything, right? Some prospects have every single tool in the book, except they can't hit at a major league level. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's a deal breaker. And like, you've seen so many prospects that have like, you know, oh, they have, they're great fielders. They're great, you know, great hitters, great base runners, great this. But, oh yeah, they can't hit above 200 in the MLB. Well, guess what? You're not going to make it. And, you know, Tyler Wade, that's what I said. That's the main reason why I said you can't just put him starting at second base open here because, he hasn't proven that he can hit at the major league level. And, you know, that career average for him is just, is just going to continue. It's just going to be harder and harder for him to dig himself out of that hole the more fast he gets. But yeah. Yeah, he really hasn't impressed me. Um, the, the guy that I got to say, you know, I'm just going to go with the obvious answer. You know, it's just having Stan in the lineup. Like, you know, I know he hasn't uh, exactly you know, had any home runs since opening day, but just having him in the lineup and just seeing, you know, him and because him and judge really like, both those guys, like, there's, it's, it's so weird. Like, there's just times where both those guys look so bad. Like, they just look so bad at baseball. Like, they look like if you showed so, if you showed those two guys some of their bats to people who've never seen the Yankees and didn't know who they were, they would think they were like the eight and nine hitters at times. But I mean, you just, you just know that those guys are both so streaky. And man, it, I'm telling you, man, if those guys get really hot at the same time, I'm mean, it. Like I've the only word that I've described judge and stand hitting to is hell. Like that's the only word I could think because that's what it is for opposing pitchers for opposing teams. If those two guys get hot and continue to hit three and four, two and three next to each other, but yeah. And you know what the real hell is is when you have to go judge Stanton Sanchez, which curiously we only saw on opening day. That's another thing I was I did not like that the how you saw judge. Stanton and Sanchez an opening day worked very well. They all had hits. They all, you know, produced. And then right away he goes away from it. And, 
You know, it's got to be due to the Hicks injury. Yeah, it has to be. And another thing I was going to mention, first of all, we didn't even mention him, but shout out, to, or we did mention him, but I didn't give him enough to shout, shout out to Tyler Austin having, <laughs> it's funny, Andrew, I know <laughs> I got a kick out of this. Andrew, so, you know, Tyler yeah. Austin, you know, this thing is like first five pass. He was struggling. Andrew goes to the group chat, man, Austin looks really bad. Next two at bats. <laughs> you know what though? He looked flat footed. He was oh, taking like Chris no, Carter. I was about to say, and in, in Andrew's defense, he really did just look bad. Like I, I remember like watching his first at bat of that second game, just saying to myself, Oh, like that that was you know, that was not a good at bat for Austin. Right and there. then he like, teed up was, two balls and hit yeah, bombs. He, not even not even hit home runs. He literally just crushed his, his the next two balls that oh. Yeah, but you know Austin had a great game. But to hit two home runs, and then you're out of the lineup the next day. I, you know, I get matchups, I get ready, but man, like I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old school. Like maybe I'm hey, a guy you know has a big game, he has two home runs, he gets the start next game. Like that's just how things work. But you know, I think Boone showed that uh, he really doesn't value things in recent memory so far. Being with the you know putting smoke up to bat who just hit a home run in his previous at bat and then not starting Austin who hit two home runs the previous game. I think these are just some things that, you know, you just have to keep note of and I'm not going to overreact to it. I'm not going to say, you know, I don't have my fire boon banner up. Don't worry. You know, that's, that's <laughs> not going to happen. And, like, it's not going to really, it's because there's already some people who are, you know, saying, Oh, I'm sick of this guy. Look, man, give the guy more than friggin' one series. You know, if this team just, you know, cause look, let's face it. If this team gets hot, if this team rallies off, I don't know, 15 out of 18 or whatever, and they just start dominating, Aaron Boone's, it's not going to be because of Aaron Boone. You know, it's 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 going to be because of the Yankees. So Aaron Boone, like I've said from the beginning, he doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to overmanage. And I think he's, I think he's overmanaged a little bit in the opening weekend. You know what? I'm actually not a, as big of a, of a critic on that. Just because a guy had a really big game, I mean, there's no guarantee of success the next day. The issue becomes if you have someone who's streaky, like, like let's say Gardner, or let's say Stanton, or maybe even Gary Sanchez. If they're hitting in 10 of their last 12 games and hitting at a 430 clip, there's no need to sit that guy down. All right, Stanton's not a, excuse me, Sanchez isn't a good example because he's a catcher and he needs more rest. But the other guys, if they're hitting, you know, if they're in an extended period, an extended streak where they're hitting well, you don't sit that guy down until he goes over four. One game, I'm okay with because, like you, like we had said, he looked terrible in his first five or whatever it was at bats until the two home runs, and maybe he just ran into two pitches. And to Boone's credit, Neil Walker did come up with a big RBI hit today in the matchup that he preferred. So I, I I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I agree with you. It's like, hey, what what does it guarantee you that Tyler Austin just gonna you know hit an, have another two home run game, or even just um, get on base? You know, exactly. That's that's another good point, especially with Austin, because yeah, exactly. How how fast does that move blow up in his face if he starts Austin again? Then Austin has what he most likely would do, and you know, go zero for four with just real, some really bad at bats. But yeah, yeah, and then you never know what you would have gotten. Nope, you would not have. Um, yeah, let's talk about Judge a little bit because, uh, you know, he uh, he had one of those series where he wasn't really seeing the ball well. Uh, he was start he started to take his walks towards the end, but he was just you know he struggling a little bit towards uh, in the second and third games. But I think he's fine. Uh, I think we saw all last year how. He's really just hot and cold. There's times where he looks like he's one of the worst hitters in baseball, and then there's times where he's one of the best hitters in baseball. But what I do have to say, and what I am, what I was not, I'm not going to say worried, but just a little disappointed was a lot of double plays. I think he had three double plays in the first two games, two in one game. Uh, can't, can't be having those. So double plays are uh, what they call uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like, hey, don't, Double play, not grounded double play is mostly luck. It's mostly just, you know, luck of the draw. But let's uh let's look forward to uh the little t- the home opener that hopefully happens tomorrow. Uh Andrew is supposed to be going, but as you know, this time of year in uh New York and the Bronx and the Northeast, it's very 
very bad, uh, very bad at. Uh, it's supposed to be low 40s and raining slash snowing tomorrow. So you don't know if this game is going to get off. But I be- Jordan Montgomery will be making the start for the Yankees. And they will be – look, they're facing the Rays. They That should be uh, – it's only two games, but that should be two wins when you face the Rays, uh, especially after uh, dropping two games in a row that you probably wish you would have won. So, Andrew, do you uh, do you see the Yanks getting back on track with uh, Gumby going Monday and Sevy going Wednesday? Are we talking offensively or with the pitching? Because in cold weather, it's usually harder to – uh, <laughs> the, the batting always seems to, to struggle in cold weather. Uh, I'm not honestly worried about Montgomery. I, I think Tampa Bay has got, uh, I don't even know half their lineup at this point. I mean, they, they traded away Longoria, which is going to be big with a lefty on the mound. They got back span. Um, that doesn't really bother me. I, I'm not too worried about them against, about, against, excuse me, their offense against Monty tomorrow. Really, really the two guys I look at, I mean, are really Kiermaier and Hecheria. And those guys are both more like defensive guys, you know, yeah. really just very underwhelming lineup. But, and a Danny, uh, for whatever reason, came up with huge hits against the Yankees last year, even though he hit like 200. So and I was good. And I didn't even put in like the show notes, you know, the matchup because I literally checked an hour ago on ESPN and the Rays don't even have who they're starting tomorrow. I don't know if they've announced it, but. It's not on ESPN right now, so no, no, they're doing a um since they have a, a four man like man by committee. Yeah, they're gonna have what they say a a bullpen day, so there will be obviously a starter. Someone has to pitch the first inning, mm-hmm. but they're probably gonna go one or two innings, and they're just gonna piece together oh the entire God. game with bullpen arms. <laughs> doing that like the fifth game of the year, like, that's like they're gonna do it the whole year. They have a four man rotation. And the only thing that it makes sense this year is, you know, I don't know if you guys, all of our listeners noticed that the season started in March instead of April 2nd or 3rd or whatever. MLB built in a few extra days this year of rest. And I think the, the Rays are trying to leverage that where you can get away with, let's say, a four-man rotation for the majority. Now, the Yankees, on the other hand, started off the season with five straight games. Um, I mean, I, I have to Tampa, of course, but uh, the off day... Tomorrow will, excuse me, on Tuesday will help after tomorrow's game. So if they burn out a bullpen arm, they can use them again in game two on Wednesday. And then, of course, there's some more rest days the rest of the year. So Tebe is going to make it work. I don't know how, but they're, they're, they're committed to it. And it's it's funny because they were banking on Nathan Avaldi being in their rotation, and he's out for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And they're still committed to the four-man rotation. Yeah, they are fully committed. Uh, after they won that first game against the Red Sox, 6-4, uh, in which they came back. Uh, Denard Span had that uh, base-clearing triple. But in games 2, 3, and 4, much like the Yankees, probably even more so than the Yankees, they struggled offensively. Uh, they got shut out Friday by uh, David Price. They only scored two runs Saturday, and then they only scored one run today. So... Wait, 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 wait. Was that game on, on Friday one inning? <laughs> yeah, it was a... Hey, how, excuse me, how does a reliever shut yeah, out a team? Yeah, David, you know, David Price, man, he's back. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a oh, 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 they gave him they gave him a chance to start. Okay. I, I... David Price is back until his back actually gives out. And he, <laughs> um, yeah, but both, both games, Monday and Wednesday are at 1 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow's game is supposed to be on ESPN. I, I really just don't think it's happening. Uh, as sad as that is to say, but you don't think they're going to play tomorrow? I mean, that that New York weather is just so bad. Uh, I've seen the forecast. I'll tell you I'll what, though. I mean, I live right here and I've been tracking it all week. It's going to clear up by 10 a.m. It's going to be cold, uh, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be miserable, but well, precipitation is not going to be an issue. Well, I'm happy to be wrong. Um, let's just you know wrapping it up here, wrapping up the show. Uh, after the uh, after the Rays, the Yankees, I believe they, yeah, I think they play Baltimore after. They're gonna be playing a lot of AL East games. I think their first thirteen games against the AL East. Oh uh, yeah, they play a four game set against Baltimore. Then they're in Boston for three games, and then the schedule gets a little easier playing the Tigers and the Marlins, uh, five games. So, you know, a lot of AL East 
to start the year, uh, which I think is good. You know, know what you have in front of you. Get that early matchup at Fenway out of the way early on. But And by the way, in that uh, Fenway series, uh, it's going to be Seve, Tanaka, and Sabathia, and then Johnson, Sale, and Price are supposed to go for the Red Sox. So that that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, you know, it was a great first two games. And yeah, the... Those last two games just were very uh, left left a very bad taste in many Yankee fans' mouth. Uh, going to be a lot of a lot of stuff coming out Monday morning about Boone and about you know going to be a lot of overreactions. Uh, I'm probably going to listen back to this show and hear my rant and say ah, I probably overreacted a bit, but <laughs> it's no it's no you, I, I don't think so though man because these are the worst type of losses you know if CC or Gray go out and just get blasted you know seven innings or excuse me four innings, seven runs or something like that. You're like, oh, well, he didn't have it today. Toronto's good offense, whatever. We'll get him tomorrow. But they they never led yesterday, but they had a 4-1 lead in the seventh inning today. These are the games you got to win. And should they lose out on the division of the Red Sox by one game? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're four games into the season. You have two examples of games that they let slip through their fingers. Games that we talked about last year that, Tyler Clippard was responsible for us not winning the division. And you have arguably the best bullpen in baseball, and it's still happening. That's that's frustrating. Yeah, um, definitely a very frustrating opening weekend. Uh, hopefully the Yanks can bounce back with two games against the Rays. Uh, hopefully they get both those games in at the stadium. Andrew said it's looking good. Uh, Andrew's going to be there along with uh, Dan, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. If you follow along on the uh, BBB Twitter and Snapchat, because they're going to be posting. But yeah, hopefully Gumby. You know, remember last year's uh, Yankee Stadium home opener? We had Michael Pineda flirting with a uh, perfect. Was it a perfect game? Or was it? A yeah, game? yeah, he was perfect through six, six and two thirds. I think it was. Yeah. And I was there with with Matt, who's also part of a uh, Bronx Bomber Ball. If you guys uh, don't follow him on Twitter, shout out to Matt. We were starting to freak out. I mean, you know, three, four innings, you're like, oh, look, perfect game, hot, joking, nothing's happening. But then he got through the fifth and sixth inning, and you're like, holy shit, is this happening? Was it Longoria who had double down the line? It was probably Longoria because it's always Longoria. But, man, he looked unbelievable. So I'm not going to bank on anything close from Montgomery tomorrow. But uh, he'll give us a chance to win. Let's hope. And, you know, to kind of uh, almost hype it up a little bit, you know, Gumby is, the, you know, obviously he's the one starter we haven't seen yet. And, you know, it's – I'm I'm excited to see how he looks. Because I'm someone that said I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. You know, and I, that's a really uh, – it's not talked about enough how effective he was last year and how good of a year he had and how, you know, he really does have a chance to step up and etch his name amongst that future Yankee rotation right up there with Severino. He obviously mm-hmm. doesn't have the same stuff as Severino, but hey, man, if he keeps posting numbers like he did last year, he's got a spot in the rotation, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, if spring training was any indication, I mean, I don't see why not. Again, spring stats mean little to nothing. I think they mean more for pitchers than they do hitters. Masahiro Tanaka, 2017, notwithstanding. Yeah, notwithstanding. But Monty was 2-2 two and two this spring with a 3-4-3 ERA. And I believe his last performance was it was either his last performance or his second last performance. He went six innings against the Twins, only allowed a, a run on like four hits. Um, so he's got the frame, he's got the stuff. If he shows improvement from his first year, I mean, there's no reason he can't be a solid back end piece and give the Yankees a chance to win every time out. Yeah, I've said this before, but if he improves from last year, he might be looking at an All Star appearance. I mean, I know that might be sounding a little uh, a little far fetched, but Man, if he's sitting, you know, in the low threes, high twos, he pr- he probably doesn't get it because he doesn't have the name recognition. But yeah, man, I mean, he he could be a pretty solid pitcher for this team for years to come. But, Wasn't the pitching staff selected by the the coaching staff anyway? Yeah, I, I believe I believe that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, there's the, there's no fan voting. Th- thanks for correcting me there, Andrew. There's no fan voting for the pitchers, but I mean, it still could factor in, but amongst coaches in terms of name recognition, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, another thing to look for as they head back to the stadium is, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, as we forget last year, was 
actually incredible at Yankee Stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. Was literally like the best hitter, probably had the best season hitting in Yankee Stadium in history of Yankee Stadium. So hopefully he could uh, hit his first dinger of the year. He hasn't gotten that yet. Um, what I was encouraged by Judge is that if you, if you look at his pitch count, uh, the last three games, I think he went 13. That's incredible. Aaron Judge only saw 13 pitches and four bats on Friday, 15 yesterday, but 22 today in drawing those walks. Uh, usually that's a good indication that someone's starting to see the ball better uh, and maybe come out of a funk. So he hasn't really done much to see aside from uh, an opening day double. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he can start figuring out with a little home cooking. Um, I just want to read in game two, DD had four at bats. He saw 12 pitches. Game three, he had four at bats. He saw nine pitches. And then game four, four. It's like eight today, right? (laughs) Unbelievable. Like, I I literally can't get over that. Like, I I make it a point, like, every, almost after every game to just look at the box score and see, like, how many. It's usually like two, three pitches per at bat. Like, it's just crazy, man. The guy, he's got places to be. He's in a rush. But. And there's still people who think that he'd be a good leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah, that's being six pitches an entire game. How many first? How many first pitch outs would we have to start the game? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our show. Um, hectic first four game. But remember when I said like you know yeah we're gonna have stuff to talk about once the season starts and my god did we have stuff to talk about today? Um, you know it was just just a two man crew tonight. But as always, we'll be back probably. A few, couple more of us, probably during the week. Probably have a show after either after right after the uh, game Wednesday or before the game Thursday or after the game mm-hmm. Thursday. We'll see. But and then we'll get on our regular uh, Sunday night spot starting next week. Yeah, yeah, it was a little different uh, this week, obviously being Easter. Everyone's you know with their families, but yeah, we'll be back on our normal Sunday schedule next week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get our first series win and uh this week and that's either going to be against the oreos or against the rays and you know but we could split both those series right one's a two game set and one's a four game so we might mm-hmm. after we might be on next sunday with yet our first series win and without our first series loss so imagine that hope that's not the case but hey yeah i don't want to be five and five that's that's depressing yeah, I mean, well, if Dellen Batansis and David Robertson and Tommy Campbell keep pitching like this, then we'd be lucky to be 5-5. Five and five. But for Matt and for Andrew, this is the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we out. Eaters, guys. Eaters.